Hey, everybody, and welcome to Views on View. I'm Ben Hong, Senior Front-End Engineer at GitLab. And today on our panel, we have Chris Fritz, core team member and one of the primary people responsible for the docs that we know and love. Hi. Today, for our guests, we have Justin Thomas. Justin, would you like to introduce yourself? Hey. Hello, everybody. I'm Justin Thomas, um, a Senior Front-End Developer in a startup here in Toronto. And then uh, I'm also a co-founder of View Jobs and an organizer of ViewConf Toronto. Great. Hey, folks, I just want to let you know quickly about Netlify. Netlify is a really cool system for hosting what are traditionally known as static sites. However, the real benefit that I've been finding is that I don't have to mess with a back end. I can just set things up. I build the website out. I've been using a system called 11DJS and you just deploy it. And then anything that you have that you want to do, you can do on the front end. So if you want to pull in some kind of database with Firebase or something else, if you want to collect form data, Netlify provides all kinds of services that make it easy to do all that stuff. If you're trying to do serverless, they have a really, really neat serverless setup that will allow you to deploy your websites without having to deploy a backend and it'll do some of the work for you. I just, I just love it. So if you're looking for a way that you can actually deploy a website that only has front-end technology in it, gives you all the tools that you typically need for the back-end without having to actually program the back-end, then give them a try. Go check them out at Netlify.com. So I guess to get us started, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got involved with the Vue community? Yes, actually, uh, I was a full-stack developer. I mean, even before that, I was a UI UX designer. So I was into mainly graphic designs and all the stuff initially in the early stages. And then uh, when I was doing my master's uh, here in Montreal, one of the professors, uh, he approached me and asked if he could do a PHP app for one of his courses or something. So I started picking up Laravel as part of that. So I used to watch Laracast a lot. So I, I was subscribed to Laracast and the Jeffrey way was really awesome. So one day I was listening to one of his uh, lessons and then I got to learn about Vue.js. I think that was in 2015 or something, even before the first version. So I was working in a small startup at that time. So I had that freedom, you know, to experiment with new technologies and all the stuff. So I was like, uh, I told my colleagues, hey, let's, uh, let's just try with uh, a small portion. Uh, let's try to use Vue there. And then uh, uh, I think that's how I got into Vue initially. And then after that, uh, the whole platform was built in Vue. And over that, the API has changed in Vue, but uh, I had to migrate everything from the, the, the older version. But after that, I was mainly focusing on uh, front-end development. So mainly Vue and Vue-related technologies. Yeah, that's how I started. Like I was just going through my previous commits, I mean, all commits recently. I think last month when I was looking, I did my first interaction with Vue in late 2015 November or something. That's like small iteration of jQuery. I mean, transitioning from jQuery to Vue. Yeah. So is this 1.1 plus at this time? I don't think it was 2.0 yet, right? That time it was less than one. Like it was point something like. Oh, wow. You are an early adopter. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That is impressive. Yeah. So, and then you, you started like Vue jobs, right? Yes, I started. At some jobs. point, what was the the impetus for that? What gave okay. you that idea? Like I told you, like uh, I was in a Laravel developer before, so I was into that community for a long time. So you know, I knew how things work there. So when I started learning Vue, I knew the the potential, and then I knew this could become a really nice framework that people would massively adopt. So I was like, you know, people might find view-related jobs or they will be looking for view-related jobs. And that time, there was not even a single resource online. You know, when I started learning view, I checked YouTube. The, you know, when you type view, there wasn't a single course or anything related view at that time. So I checked Udemy and there was nothing like, no course in Udemy too. So the only resource available was the Vue.js uh, documentation and uh, Laracast, I guess. So I was like, you know, maybe I should take this opportunity and, you know, just just start a blog or something. Initially, it was called govue.js.com. So I started uh, writing some article on govue.js in the initial days. Uh, but I think that it didn't pick up or something. So I converted that into a job site. So I created that uh, in Laravel and then started accepting free jobs. So there was a couple of... Uh, 
companies mainly from Europe area. They were trying to find Vue.js developers at that time. So they came on board and then posted a couple of jobs and then, you know, people started picking up and then I started getting a couple of visits daily. And then, um, yeah. And at the same time, there was also this developer from uh, Spain. His name is Israel. So I think he had the same idea. So he started his own version of Jobs, And then it was kind of a competitor at that time. So I was in touch with Evan at that time. So, uh, you know, Evan came to us and, you know, he said, maybe, you know, you guys should start working together instead of, you know, having two different uh, platforms. Maybe we can make it as a single platform and then, you know, make it as the official Jobs portal or something like that. So, you know, at that time, I didn't trust this guy per se, because <laughs> I didn't know, right? I mean, and I'm here in Toronto and then he's in Spain. I had never worked with somebody, you know, in a project like this. But for some reason, I was like, okay, I'll just go with that. And then I started talking to that guy. And then even, you know, he was super frightened or something, scared to, you know, share his code or project with somebody else, I guess. And uh, turned out it uh, I mean, things were really good. And then uh, we shared ideas together and then we eventually you know, built this website. So he mainly created the Vjobs site and everything because he's more Laravel developer than me, I guess. And then so I had the Vjobs domain and everything and then we migrated the code to his server. And then, you know, that's, uh, yeah, that's how Vue evolved or started, I guess. That's really cool. And not view view jobs actually. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. And so, so view jobs is basically just trying to fill that niche of like where can I find jobs as a view developer? Exactly. And exactly. how can I find view developers as someone who is looking for view developers? That's true. That's right. Because it was mainly acting as a platform where you can find view just developers. Because you know, since it's a emerging, it it was an emerging framework at that time, so it was really hard to find developers even though it is really easy to learn but you know people didn't really know where to go and find developers right so the idea was to you know uh, stay closer to the view community and then you know be act as a platform for the new developers so everybody who is in the view community would would have to know this platform so yeah that is the main core idea behind that and i'm kind of curious is there anything that you've decided to do differently than other job sites that you've seen, like you know, specifically where it's like, you know, I think I think this could actually be improved a little bit, and you've you've taken a little bit of a different spin. I think um, one of the one of the main features of Vue jobs, I think, would be like we are you know closely attached with or closely attached with the Vue community, you know. So uh, I mean, even Israel, he's also a friend and developer. Like even though he's mainly doing PHP works. He does a lot of uh, viewed-related works. So he's also friends with a um, couple of the core team members like Eduardo and um, like uh, other community members like um, Alex, Alex from Alligator, I guess. So he's also from Alicante or something, I guess. So, so he had this idea of having a platform where, you know, it's more connected with the, the community than, you know, hey, uh, I'm the, we have this platform, you know, you should come and check it out. So we were trying to be with the community and then even if there is like small meetups or something, we try to go there and then, you know, interact with people and then try to get their opinion when building this website. Also, we had, at some point of time, we had this feature for developer profile. So developers interested in getting a job can create a profile and then later you know they can be used for finding jobs in different companies but we are still in the developing stage of that it's not in production yet i mean we have that feature where we collect data from the user like the developer for profile but we haven't implemented the, the particular feature where you can search for users and things like that that's the future i guess you know he's also working on some uh, packages where you can create your own custom jobs portal. So, you know, once we have that, we'll dedicate more time, you know, optimizing things for jobs. actually. That's pretty great. And then you all have a Discord channel too as well, right? Yes, yes, we do have. So it's Vjobs. Uh, we close to, uh, I think we have close to uh, 1,100 people there, I guess, right now. 
Yeah, we'll make sure to drop the link to the Discord channel yeah, sure. in the uh, show notes. But yeah, definitely a great place for people if you want to just sort of keep an eye on the job boards. Um, some people even put like um, projects that they're working on. Um, it's a great little uh, channel to definitely keep an eye on if you're interested in uh, working with Vue. Cool. And then after, after Vue Jobs, at some point you decided to like start a conference. Uh, I wouldn't say after Vue Jobs or, you know, uh, it's funny actually. So the first interaction with Evan regarding a conference was in 2016, November. Because uh, I remember when, um, when the first conference, Vue conference happened in Poland. So before that, there was a um, like group call or something with Evan and then Bartos Riga from Montreal, 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 the company based in Poland, I guess. So even I was a part of that call. And then uh, Evan had this idea of having two conferences, one in Europe and then one in US, I mean, North America. So I was, uh, I was trying to you know, organize a conference in North America, mainly in somewhere in US. But I was in the professional conference organizer or event organizer at that time so i was like oh i don't know and i i don't know if i can do that so even after the call uh you know we me and evan i don't know if he remembers that it's long back so we chat for a while regarding the possibilities of having a view conference in north america because at that time view was mainly a huge popular framework back in europe i don't think a lot of companies in North America started adopting Vue. So for the same reason, um, I don't think having a, you know, a full-fledged conference in North America would have done any better for Vue. So he decided to go with um, Laracon. So he was saying that, you know, we should have one day after the Laracon. So, you know, uh, we can just get started from there. But I think um, that didn't happen as well. So just uh, so he had some talks in Laracon as well. So, but there wasn't any conference in North America at that time. And then uh, um, at that time, I was in Montreal actually, and then I moved to Toronto as part of my job. And then uh, things got out of control a little bit, and uh, I guess uh, I didn't think about it for a while. And then I heard about this conference in um, US. And then I was like, okay, we should uh, we should have a conference uh, in North America, right? And then this happened in US. And then at the same time, I think not in the same time, in after after a couple of months, this happened in London as well. So uh, I was like, okay, maybe we should take this opportunity and then have a conference in Toronto, mainly because of a lot, a lot of factors. I was mainly trying to have a conference in Toronto because of a couple of reasons that I personally felt uh, would be the same reason for other people to attend Vue Toronto because, you know, uh, Canada being an immigrant country, we have a lot of people coming here and then Toronto is a blooming tech city. Uh, I think I read an article uh, about this where we have more openings, job openings in uh, Toronto than Silicon Valley. So it's a blooming tech, tech hub, right? I was thinking, you know, maybe we should have a Vue conference here in Toronto also, it's really easy to get visa for a lot of people. If you if you want to go for a North American conference, if it's happening in US, sometimes it's really hard to get a, a US visa because I have friends who got rejected uh, for applying. I mean, who got rejected for US visas. So, but compared to US, it's really. I mean, it's not really easy, but compared to US, it's easy to get visa for Canada for things like this because the Canadian government, especially the Toronto city of Toronto, is promoting this kind of conference, tech-related conference a lot. So I thought, you know, having a conference here in Toronto would be a better option for people who wanted to, you know, go outside their country and then and explore other traditions and, um, you know, uh, get ex- more exposure, I guess. Yeah, and I, I, I personally, like, when I went to the very first View Toronto, I was frequently amazed that this was actually the first conference that you'd organized because it was, there was so much attention to detail. Like I I could definitely see your experience with like UX there. (laughs) There was a very good user experience at Vue Toronto, like a lot of little details that were just like done right. And I don't know, for for people who have been to a lot of conferences, like, you know, those conferences that you go to and to see like, yeah, they, they really put a lot of thought into this. You know, and, and it's and it's obvious at, at every point in the process. That's what yeah. I felt. 
Yeah. I mean, it's also the fact that, you know, uh, I considered this to be a, you know, in a pet project for me. Like, you know, I really care about this conference. And I, and I was like, you know, I should make this a really nice experience for all the attendees. So um, I didn't have any support from anybody. Like, you know, I didn't have anybody else other than my buddy. Like, he's also from India. So he was a mechanical engineer, but he didn't know anything about view and related web technologies or anything about computer science and things like that. So, but he helped me uh, with the logistics, like finding a venue and then taking care about all the caterings and all the, all the stuff. His name is Alvin Joni. So he helped me with the, all the logistics. But other than that, all the other things I had to go and then do by myself, like starting from the website and then finding speakers, finding sponsors, you know, finding a ticketing platform, and then make sure that the, uh, all, the, all the branding, the designs, getting all the things, all the elements printed and even the stage decorations uh the technical uh stops and everything the presentations on the conference venue all the all the banners and everything on the conference venue even the badge i designed the badge actually and then i was making sure that you know even if people are registering at the last moment you know even even if they are registering the day before the conference i want to have a printed badge for them so i was staying up late uh, the day before the conference till 2 a.m trying to figure out you know how i can make that badge for them so i had this printer back my home so i took it to fairmont so in the hotel room i was trying to print all the badges for the attendees and then stick it on top of that badge so i had uh, help with israel and uh, albin my wife actually but uh, yeah that was a really awesome experience so so I wanted to just make sure that I'm not missing anything because that's my first conference, right? So I didn't want to get anything like, you know, people, I don't want people to say that, hey, you know, you're not doing this right. So I was trying to make sure that things are going in the right direction. Also, last year, uh, I had to handle all the emails and everything. So I guess I sent close to 1,200 emails just for the conference. So the back and forth. Uh, so, you know, to save time, I was making sure that, I, you know, I, I try to send email or I try to reply to an email within like 10 minutes after receiving that email. So, yeah, I mean. That's impressive, man. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I, I have a couple of questions that I'm curious about. Uh, first, what would you say is like the one thing that you did that you're really, really glad that you did that seemed to make a big difference in people's experience i think uh, the whole conference as it is because when i started having that ticket sales for the conference people uh, also the funny fact that i haven't been to any conference before the view conference us because that's the only conference that i attended before view conference toronto so oh, wow. i only have yeah <laughs> so i don't have any other experience too right so now i'm even more impressed <laughs> i know me too <laughs> So the only experience that I have would be from any videos that I watch in YouTube or things like that. So I, I read a lot of articles. So that's the only experience that I have for organizing a conference. So I guess having that conference here in Toronto would, would have, you know, maybe that's the one thing that I'm really proud of because when I started having that uh, ticket sale, people were complaining, you know, oh, uh, this pricing is too high or they didn't really know what they're getting or... Because just like me, like at least 30 to 40% of the people who attended Conference Toronto, it was their first conference. So they didn't really know what to expect, right? Because like I said before, uh, Canada is an immigrant country. So people come from all over the world. So people uh, come from developing countries uh, looking for better opportunities, better living conditions and all the uh, things like that. So for them, this was first experience. So they, did, they didn't really know what to expect from a conference. So a couple of people be, have been to like some trade uh, shows and things like that. But I don't think they have been to a conference where it's, you know, it feels like a community or everything is close together for them. Before the conference, when the ticket sales started, I got, a, I got complaints from people saying that, hey, I mean, we don't know really uh, what we are getting into or what we are going to get. So some people were really angry and they were like, you know, if this is not for me, then I should really want a refund. So, <laughs> and after the conference, those people came back to me and then they were like, oh man, this is such an amazing experience for us. So thank you so much for organizing this conference because we didn't really know what to expect from 
you know uh, this conference but yeah i i was really happy to see people uh, saying all this stuff super impressed actually also there was one um, one one person who reached out for a diversity ticket so he was a re- uh, recent immigrant and then he was trying really hard to find a job in uh, toronto even though you know he was working in his home country for a while in the same field i guess so he was asking me for a conference ticket and then he was like you know maybe this will give him a career boost allowing him to learn new technologies and things like that so so he sent me an email and then uh, you know i discussed with my friend alvin and then we decided to give him a ticket and then at the same moment uh, he sent me an email back saying that you know the content of the email was like you know i'm reading this email we, uh, along with my wife and then we are in tears because this is such an, a great opportunity for us you know reading that email was like you know i was like even even before organizing the conference i was like okay this is enough you know that experience people get that's the most valuable part yeah definitely an incredible anecdote you know i think you you bring up an, an excellent point you know for people who don't go to conferences a lot ticket prices can seem very expensive right cuz usually they're like yeah. anywhere from like $500 all the way to like $1500 can you tell maybe some of the people listening like some of the costs that like you're like the organizers are paying for right cuz some people are thinking like oh the organizers are pocketing like all of this money and it's like no there's a lot that goes into this can you like sort of high level talk about the things that um you know as an organizer you have to consider when when framing those pricing yeah definitely uh, one of the main thing for organizing conference would be the venue of course so so last year when we had that uh, venue so we were searching for like some really theatric style venues and stuff like that but i think we were late to the party so we didn't find anything really nice for a conference uh, venue so we had to go with uh, hotel venues so we looked for hotels in downtown toronto so nothing was available at that time cuz it's uh, november it's it's right after starting the the company year or so people had many functions in all the venues so also we started looking for venues pretty late i guess so the only option that we had was was uh, fairmont which is not cheap it's quite expensive i thought it was Toronto. a great venue i didn't even think twice about it I yeah know. i mean we really like that venue because we like you know this is this is a really nice venue because it's close to the metro i mean the gas station the union the main central station is right in front of the venue but the only factor was like the uh, the cost but we were like you know since this is the first conference you know maybe we should just go for the best venue so venue cost would be the main thing and then there are like other factors like food beverages and all the stuff associated with the venue and then of course we have to you know cover we have to find a ticketing platform and then all the fees and uh, processing fees associated with that and i think all the av audio visuals for the conference and then the expenses for the speakers the travel and accommodation for them and then even for the workshop venue we had to uh, find a venue for the workshop so the workshop venue food and uh, av audio visual for that and then i guess yeah all the printing materials all the goodies uh, yeah all those stuff yeah that's definitely a great overview Yeah, I think a lot of times people forget that especially with food. When you're at the hotel, you know, sometimes they force you to go with their catering service. So, you know, it's not even like something you could like contract to someone else. So, because yeah, because that's how they might make money, right? Cuz uh, uh sometimes we don't pay rent for the auditorium. They like, you know, we have to have some minimum deposit or something, so minimum spend that includes the food and beverage plus the rent for that venue. So, yeah, I mean definitely the the venue rent and food and beverage would be the main cost. Yeah, I'm trying to remember I think JSConf EU I believe released like um a detailed budget of like how much it costs for them to throw they were like a meeting. Yeah, I think, Do you remember that? I think it's JSConf uh not sure. I'll I'll try to find it and put it in the show notes yeah, but it's definitely yeah. really fascinating to see just like I think people would be astounded if they realized just how much a lot of these things actually cost. Yeah, definitely. And so, you know, because it's not like a regular price when you go to a restaurant, right? And maybe if you go for a dinner or something, if you are not too fancy about the dishes or something, maybe it it would cost you like thirty to forty bucks. But having the at the, at the conference venue, it would be around sixty. So yeah, you know, easily. Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
This episode is sponsored by Sentry.io. Recently, I came across a great tool for tracking and monitoring problems in my apps. Then I asked them if they wanted to sponsor the show and allow me to share my experience with you. Sentry provides a terrific interface for keeping track of what's going on with my app. It also tracks releases so I can tell if what I deployed makes things better or worse. They give you full stack traces and as much information as possible about the situation when the error occurred to help you track down the errors. Plus, one thing I love, you can customize the context provided by Sentry. So if you're looking for specific information about the request, you can provide it. It automatically scrubs passwords and secure information, and you can customize the scrubbing as well. Finally, it has a user feedback system built in that you can use to get information from your users. Oh, and I also love that they support open source to the point where they actually open source Sentry if you want to self-host it. Use the code devchat at sentry.io to get two months free on Sentry's small plan. That's code devchat at sentry.io. So on a related note, I'm kind of curious, like what are the things that you would do completely differently? <laughs> you know, where like, you know, you thought that would work out well and it, it just didn't. Or at least uh, it caused you a lot of headache, you know, because from my perspective as a, like a speaker and attendee, things seem to go very smoothly, but, you know, behind the scenes, it's often a different story. Yes. Uh, so there are a couple of things that didn't go well as planned. So um, I guess the first thing would be the MC because we had one person for MCing the whole conference. And then for some personal reasons, uh, he had some emergencies and then uh, he had to go at the last minute. And then I was like, I was, I was really panicked. And then I was, I didn't know what to do because I'm not a, a public speaker and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to, I thought I wouldn't be able to do, you know, the hall emceeing process and things like that. So the first person that came to my mind was Ben because uh, <laughs> I met Ben when I was in the um, US. I don't think, I don't know if, if you remember Ben. Yeah. That's absolutely, Ben. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I was like, you know, maybe I should just talk to Ben if he's up for it, then uh, that'd be really great. And then I messaged him on Discord, I guess. And then I was waiting for his his uh, reply, like, oh, no, maybe he should agree. And uh, he said, you know, uh, he'll think about it and let me know the next day. And then he came back to me and said, hey, man, I know. He said something really nice. I can't remember, but he said he won't be able to do it in the perfect manner or something because it's an opening conference but uh yeah, yeah I, mean, I got really nervous yeah <laughs> to be totally honest yeah. yeah so i mean after uh i think after that conversation within one hour i got a message from chris on twitter saying that hey i heard that you're looking for mcs maybe you should consider these people and then he suggested me divya and uh, jacob like i'm so happy that chris suggested them to me because that was super really nice choice then they did a really nice job at the conference too. So, I mean, I told them two days before the conference or something that you should do the MC. And then I met them the day before the conference on the workshop day. And then we sat down for a while and then we kind of go, go through, went through the whole conference days and uh, all, the, all, the, all the things. And then they were like, all right, got it. So I'll take it from there. I was like, are you sure? <laughs> And then Divya and Jake was like, yeah, I yeah, will take it from there. And they did a really nice job. Yeah, that's one thing. And another thing, it's actually kind of funny because it's, it's the conference recordings. We hired this uh, video, video company for recording all the conference videos so we can have the edited version out for the people who didn't attend or you know, even, even for the same people. So we were re- looking really forward for having that edited video so we can share with the view community and then you know they can learn from all the, all the speakers right so the first day went uh, really nice and the second day starting second day so i, I guess uh, greg from vmastery he came to me asking hey so did you check the videos and everything is it is it all okay so then at that moment i was like oh maybe i should just check if everything is going really well uh, in terms of recording the conference and everything so they were recording the person who is doing the talk, but not the the, the project, the, I mean, uh, the presentation as it is. So we had the talk, but no presentation. So the presentation wasn't recording at all. So the first whole day, we're not recording. The presentation wasn't recording on the first day. So I was like, oh, man, you know, we missed that. So uh, And then I asked uh, the audiovisual guys, and they were like, they, they didn't know about all these th- things. Maybe they they didn't made aware of that situation. 
but uh, the people at the uh, Fairmont uh, AV team, they were really nice. So that guy, 10 minutes before the, starting the second day, so he ran downstairs and then he went to his technical room to get some record recording machine or something. So he came back and then started recording the presentation, starting from Chris' presentation. So I think that's the first uh, presentation that we had on the second day. But uh, anything before that, we didn't receive. And I was so like sad that I couldn't record anything from Evan's talk because he was introducing, you know, um, giving a talk on View 3.0. And then I couldn't find it because that talk involved a lot of demos too. So demoing um, View 3.0, but I couldn't record his presentations. Also, Adam Wathan's uh, presentation, it was really nice, but it was mainly a like demo-oriented uh, talk. But since we didn't have any recording from him, so we couldn't just publish it. But I was like thinking maybe I should uh, find a way to recreate Evan's talk. So I got in touch with Chris to see if he, if I can get his presentations somehow. Not, not the presentation, like the uh, access to View 3.0 uh, uh, repository so that I can try to recreate the same demo that he did. So I guess he sent a message to Evan or something and then Evan gave me access to his repository. And then I was watching uh, all the movements Evan was making throughout the presentation. And then I was trying to recreate the same demo in my, in my laptop at the same time. So I was recording my screen and then I was looking at Evan and then all the hand movements, you know, when he types something on the keyboard, I was trying to make the same keystrokes. So somehow I finally managed to record his talk and then, you know, recreate his demo. And then, you know, I put, uh, put together everything and then I uploaded it to YouTube. Same thing for John Leaders, the, uh, the uh, beautify guy. So I tried to recreate, I mean, I was able to recreate his talk as well. So yeah, that didn't go as planned. <laughs> Dude, that is really impressive. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I gotta say, like, oh my God, applause for that. Thank you. Yeah, th- Things always go wrong, but like that, that, that was above and beyond. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of the main uh, features or main uh, like highlight of the conference, right? Because if I cannot produce a content of Evan's talk, then it's, it's not right, right? So I was trying to make things right, that demo, I guess. <laughs> well, my hat's off to you, man. Thank uh, you. Really, really impressed. So do you have anything you want to tell people um, as far as like what's coming up next? Because obviously we have View Toronto for 2019 that that was announced. Yes. Um, so we have the second edition of ViewCon Toronto. So that's coming up in November 11 and 12. That's the conference days. So the workshop regarding the workshop days, so we had kind of a discussion going on whether it should be a pre-conference workshop or post-conference workshop because so the conference days are uh, Monday and Tuesday. Because uh, because of the venue availabilities, uh, we had to settle down for Monday and Tuesday. And then I was thinking, if we have the workshop on Sunday, some people might not come, right? Because they might go directly from the work, so they don't really care to go during a weekend. So I was thinking maybe we should have it on uh, Wednesday as a post conference, yeah, post conference workshop. For some conference, it it makes sense, but some conference it wouldn't make sense. For example, if it's an intro to view conference or something. Uh, sorry, interview or something, then it wouldn't make sense to have that workshop before the uh, after the conference, right? So, but a workshop on a deep dive to viewpoint view three point zero that would make sense to have after the conference because Evan would give a core idea about our main and highlights about view three point zero, and then the next day we can you know get more hands on coding sessions with uh, view three point zero. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm still trying to uh, find a date for that. Most probably it will be Sunday because uh, we had a online poll for finding the date. So most people voted for Sunday. So we might, we might as well just go with uh, Sunday. So, and uh, other than that, we're trying to focus mainly on View 3.0 for this conference because I guess uh, it might be out by that time. I don't know, Chris, what do you think? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to focus all the codes related to, do, I mean, all the talks related to View 3.0 and related web technologies and uh, things like that. But yeah, that'll be uh, another, uh, another in- interesting fact about uh, this conference. Also, even, even the last uh, conference, one of the main focus of our conference was diversity and inclusives. Uh, I mean, diversity. 
because um, like i said we have people from all over the all over the world here and then i was trying to give them an an opportunity to you know learn new technologies so i thought you know this would be a platform where anybody can you know participate anybody can give talks you know anybody can come and learn new technologies so that would be a highlight for this conference as well so people if they don't really have the budget or time for you know attending a conference they can definitely watch our videos but if they really want to come for the conference then we'll make sure that we'll do our best to accommodate you guys and then anything financially if 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 you want a flight up flight and accommodation then we'll try to accommodate that as well so we are trying to raise a diversity fund and then from that we'll allocate a couple of amounts for each particular each in each individual who is trying to you know who is applying to this uh, scholarship that's great yeah nice so let's see is there is there anything else you'd like to share about uh, you know ViewConf or ViewJobs or or, View, or ViewConf Toronto or or ViewJobs or anything else that that you're working on or geeked out about? So if you remember from the last conference, we had a lot of people were asking about the ViewUnicorns because that was a hit. So <laughs> a <Yeah>. lot of people <laughs> asked me in Twitter. So they personally emailed me. They really wanted that ViewUnicorns. So but we had the, those ViewUnicorns handmade from Spain. So it is really hard to get those unicorns you know get here on time before the conference because there's one single person who was making the all those five unicorns and then she was making sure that things were really nice look and feel wise so she took her time to made all those five unicorns and then they all looked really nice i guess so people people were asking me you know can i get one of those unicorns so i was like you know we only have five so we cannot just give it to everybody right so but this time we'll try to see if i can make the same quality unicorns for a couple of people at least or if if we cannot give to all the people we'll try to get few unicorn unicorns and uh, also i uh, really want to thank a lot of people who helped me along the way uh, to organize this conference starting from beautify uh, creator john cuz he's been a really good friend to me even ever since the viewcon us cuz we used to talk a lot uh, in discord and uh, things like that so he helped me uh, with a lot of support from his side and then um, gusto js from viewland discord channel i guess yeah derek vantre koski vantre koski i guess yeah so he gave me a lot of uh, advices feedback from viewconf toronto last year so those were really nice valuable feedback so we are trying to accommodate all his feedback and then make sure that things would be taken care of this year so yeah he gave us a lot of insight about the viewconf last year so a special mention shout out to drake for that and then of course chris thank you so much for helping us uh, organizing the conference last year cuz it wouldn't have been possible without your help you did a lot of um, help for me at the last moment you know when i was panicking you know he came to me hey, don't worry you know if you need something just talk to me and then i'll be here yeah so thank you so much for that i i did i did very little i know i mean you know you, you might think that you did only very little but you know that mental support was really nice to have also ben hong another person that i really want to thank cuz throughout the throughout the journey you know i was uh, constantly in touch with him so yeah even even he helped me mentally to prepare for the conference i guess <laughs> huge shout out for that actually and then blake newman so i was constantly in touch with uh, blake throughout the whole um, uh, before the starting of the conference because he was also organizing the viewconf london so we had kind of the same mentality and thought process during the those months i guess so whenever i have some doubts i'll go and uh, talk to blake and then uh, you know he'll uh, he'll talk to me as well so we tried to help each other and then he, i think even for him that was his first conference uh, so he wasn't sure about couple of things so he told me about the, the bad decisions he took so i was uh, i was trying to avoid those those things as well so so a huge thanks to blake for all the all the advice and suggestions and definitely even you for you know all the all the support for coming here to be a part of the Yukon Toronto 
and then yeah all for all the all the support that he has given all these days yeah i think uh, i've missed a couple of people for sure but you know these are the main people who came to my mind right now so just want to take a moment and thank each one of them <laughs> that's very kind of you to thank you for putting on the event i i really had a blast and it is like one of my favorite view conferences that happens thank you so much i'm happy to hear that yeah definitely really kind words and looking forward to the ones coming up this year in november yeah definitely <laughs> so where can people find you on the internet and where can people find you know information about viewconf to uh where can they find view jobs like what are what, what are some links that we can drop in the show notes obviously uh i do have uh, a twitter handle but i don't tweet that much from my personal twitter account but um, if you want to follow me you can follow me i tweet uh sometimes <laughs> so it's jason thomas straight away so you can find me there and uh and discord channel you can find me i'll be online on view jobs view land uh, so you can find me there so if you want to check out some jobs i mean if you're looking for jobs or something you can definitely check out view jobs and then see if you find anything really nice you know you can just contact us also i wanted to mention this cuz when i went for the viewconf us i met a couple of people from uh, that conference who came to me cuz i was wearing the view jobs um, t-shirt at that conference so there was a couple of people came to me and said thank you for having that view jobs because they got jobs through view jobs so that was really nice to hear as well cuz uh, i met a guy from chess.com so he was at the conference so he came to me and said hey i got this job from view jobs so that was really nice to hear you know real life testimonies from people in person i guess yeah so you can find um, jobs on view jobs so if you if you want to uh, attend the viewcon trona you can definitely go to official view jobs oh, sorry uh, viewcon trona website view trona so i'm trying to revamp the website for this year so most probably the new website would be out by next week that's the the fourth week of may and then we're hoping to have the ticket sales uh, right away nice and so by the time that this comes out uh ticket sales will probably be live so you can head to viewtoronto.com and book those tickets yeah you can make and book them <laughs> and that'll be happening in uh, early november you said right yeah the conference would be in uh, 11 and 12 november the workshop would be most probably on the 10th sunday got it cool This episode is brought to you by TripleByte. Applying to programming jobs sucks. You have to put the right keywords in your resume, you spend hours and hours on the phone screens and take home projects, and that's assuming the company even responds to your application. Well, if you're a software engineer, TripleByte can help. They work with over 400 top tech companies from big names like Dropbox and Adobe to exciting startups. You do one brief online interview with them, and if you do well, you go straight to final interviews with the company on their platform. It's like the common app for software developers. TripleByte does not look at your resume or where you went to school. All they care about is if you can code. I've helped dozens of software developers with various credentials get jobs, and this looks like a terrific way for you to get in and get interviewed and get a job without a lot of the hassle and overhead. You can go check them out at triplebyte.com/react. That's triplebyte.com, byte as in 8 bits. As a special offer for listeners of this show, if you take a job through Triplebyte, they'll offer you a $1000 signing bonus. So, should we move on to picks? Sounds good yeah. to me. I'm happy to go first. So, the I only have two picks today. As frequently happens, none of them have anything to do with technology. One is mocktails. These are two like foods that I often eat that or drink that people often comment on. A mocktail is at least the way that I make it, just like a little bit of grapefruit juice, some bubbly water. and then regular water. So it's like very slightly flavored water. And I actually started drinking these when I stopped drinking, like gosh, how long ago was that? Maybe like 5 years ago or something like that. When I stopped drinking alcohol. And it was kind of a a nice replacement for, you know, beer or something like that yes. because it's, you know, it's a, a little bit bitter, a little bit sweet, and it has some like carbonation. You know, so it was it, it was actually a really nice like non-alcoholic drink that is very delicious and since it has very little juice in it now very little sugar like it's actually pretty good for you it's it's mostly water absolutely and the other food that i 
often eat that people comment on is meal squares. Uh, you'll especially see me eating these uh, at, at <laughs> conferences and workshops and, and, and other places. I can personally so, attest to this. Yeah, a lot of times when I'm traveling, I, I like to have a really reliable source of energy and I, I know my, how my body will react to it. You know, sometimes for like a really sugar heavy or heavy breakfast or lunch, like your, your energy can kind of crash afterwards. But when you have to be on all the time, like uh, it's, it's nice to have a, a more reliable source of energy. And I use meal squares for this. It's sort of a, a meal replacement at home. I usually just do it for breakfast. And then at conferences, I'll, I'll probably do it for a couple of meals a day. Seems like I, I, I'll have to make sure that that's uh, available in we come to Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'll bring my own. I bring my own. You don't have to worry. <laughs> yeah. And for those looking to order those online, um, I've done it before. The, the website's a little, <laughs> it was a, a little bit questionable at first, but the, everything came through fine and everything was good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a startup. So, <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's good. Like the, the ingredients are good and, and the process is good and they, you know, they last for like a couple of months in the fridge, you know, so it's a, it's a nice, like quick meal that you can eat that isn't like as unhealthy as some of the other meals or snacks that you could make yourself really quickly, you know, like a frozen burrito. <laughs> uh, and, and it's also, it's, it's like basically real food. You know, it has like ingredients that you'd recognize in it. Unlike some alternatives like like Soylent, which is mostly artificial uh, rather than real foods. Nice, cool, and that's it. Those are my picks. All right, so I guess I'll uh, I'll go next. <laughs> and I mean, uh, uh, I think this uh, this is regarding a book that's wrote by Adam Rathen. Maybe a couple of you guys know about that already. It's called Refactoring UI. So it's a really nice book for developers. Actually, it's all about design. So if you're a developer, if you don't know anything about design, but wanted to have a really nice UI, then uh, this book involves a lot of design tips and tricks that uh, I guess all the developers should be aware of because it's a really nice book. It, co- you know, it covers a lot of design aesthetics and uh, things like that. So definitely you should check it out. Comes with a couple of, uh, I guess, uh, video cast as well. So it's a really nice book uh, written by Adam Wathan and Steve Shogger. So they're also, um, Adam Wathan was here for the Toronto. So he created the Tailwind C- CSS. And uh, yeah, you should definitely check it out. It's a really nice book. I enjoyed myself reading that book because, you know, it's like, it's really worth it. <laughs> And I'm trying to create the website, uh, the Vicon Toronto website in uh, Tailwind as well. So, very cool. Yeah, it's it's really nice. That book is really nice. Yeah, I've got a sneak peek. You all are in for a treat for the new View Toronto website. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the next thing, uh, it's nothing related to the technology or something. So it's something that I tried to get online recently. It's an Amazon stuff. It's a thing that you uh, stick on top of your camera. In your laptop, laptop or uh, iPad or phone or not a phone, maybe an iPad, laptop, iMac, anywhere. So it has a small slider. So if you want to record something, you know, just slide it back, and then it it has a small red indicator that shows that the camera is visible right now. And then after that, you know, you can just slide back in, and then uh, you're safe. <laughs> so you should definitely got that. Like, yeah, 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 definitely. So another tip would be one that uh, the Sarah Drosner shared. So it's, it's a HTML tag called base. So it gives you uh, the option to modify the HTML at, uh, anger tag attributes, I guess. So if you want to you know, make sure that all the, all the links in your web application is opening in a new tab, and then you know, without going through all the, all the links, you can, you can have one single tag and then that you can mention that you know all the all the links should open in the same window or in the in a new window. So that's a really nice uh, tip because I didn't knew about that tag at all. So definitely you guys should check it out. And then another thing that's uh, that's shared by Samantha Ming. So she uh, she has this thing going on like hundred days of code or something. So she shares a lot of uh, tips in programming for front-end developers, like CSS and things like that, JavaScript developers. 
it, it involves a lot of uh, really cool tips that uh, I guess the developers should be aware of. So even if you're trying to get into developing, uh, you know, developments or something, you should definitely check it out because it contains a lot of cool tricks that you can use in your daily uh, development li- life, I guess. I share that link too. Awesome. I think that means I'm up next, right? Yeah. All right. Uh, so yeah, I think like Chris this week, uh, my picks are not tech related either. Um, so I just got back from New Orleans. I think um, in the past year, I've, I've had the chance to go there quite a bit and really get to know the French quarters and stuff. So if uh, anyone's interested in going to New Orleans, definitely uh, check it out. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, definitely want to get beignets. It's like the big thing down there. So definitely don't want to miss out on those. And then as far as my second pick, recently my little brother actually just visited and he whooped me solidly in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. So that has been my new obsession as far as trying to figure out how to learn my uh, mechanics and get even better. So if people want to challenge me online on Switch, happy to play against people. So those are my two fun picks for this week. How do you spell beignets for people who want to Google it? (laughs) Uh, B-E-I-G-N-E-T-S, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. They're French donuts, if you're wondering what they are. Yeah, but if you if you probably just search for like New Orleans and then any kind of spelling that you can think of, I bet Google will know like, <laughs> oh yeah, this is probably what you're looking for. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I, I guess, Chris, do you have any final questions for Justin before we wrap up? I don't think so. I'm good. Yeah, Justin, any final, final thoughts? So I think I missed one person. His name is Matt Brailsford. So I think he made that Unicorns um, as a design So in L- when he was attending the London conference. I have a two rough paper with me. So I was trying to come up with a mascot for Viewcons Journal, like a plus toy for Vue.js actually. So, you know, I took one week to go through all the possibilities of creating a plus toy and then you know, create a lot of uh, rough sketches. And then I was like, you know, maybe uh, I should go with the unicorn because I've seen uh, people using unicorns in throughout everywhere, right? So I was like, oh, maybe I should use it. So I was creating some uh, some sketches for u- unicorns, and then I saw his rough sketch from um, Unicorn London. So I reached out to him and then said, hey, maybe I had the same uh, idea, so maybe we should uh, make it as a plus toy for VJS. So that's how. Uh, the Unicorn design came out. So special uh, mention to Matt for allowing me to do that. (laughs) Awesome. Well, with that, I guess that's it for this week uh, on Views on View. Thanks for joining us. And until next week, enjoy the view. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.